Hi, and welcome to Wow Talk. I'm Donna Capacity, a thriving cancer survivor. And I'm her naturopathic doctor, Darlene Gustin. We're here to encourage, educate, and empower you on your journey to optimum wellness. Hi, welcome. Today we're going to talk about hormone testing. Yes, that's a topic I get a lot of questions about and a lot of frustrated patients who've had testing that came back showing nothing, but they obviously have a laundry list of hormone symptoms. So I see that a lot in practice. And here where we live, there's a lot of thyroid problems that have been happening for decades in this part of the world. And for thyroid hormone testing, it's estimated that 50% of the people with legitimate thyroid issues have normal blood work. So blood work in a regular lab through a medical doctor doesn't pick everything up. So one test that I make absolutely every single patient do in my clinic is called basal body temperature testing. And that's simply the old-fashioned way of using a thermometer to measure your basal body temperature to see if your metabolism is at the right level. So a colder temperature could mean a lower metabolism. It's very often connected with possibly a lazy thyroid or a thyroid condition. But a low basal body temperature could also be high estrogen, low testosterone, low progesterone. So that's one little clue. But also blood work measures hormones that many of them are attached to a protein. And that's like being closed for business. So they're there for the head count, but they're not really performing for you. So as naturopaths, we often access the private labs for saliva testing of the same hormones. So the difference with saliva testing is that the hormones are at the organ level. They're not in transit in the blood. So when the hormone makes it to the organ, it becomes bioavailable, open for business, took the hat off. And a blood test doesn't match up with the saliva test because as far as symptom relief, it doesn't matter how much estrogen you have if it's all turned off. What matters for symptom relief is estrogen that is there, that is good quality in sufficient amount, and that performs, that, that gives you the symptom relief. Okay, that was a lot for me to digest, but I'm pretty sure I understand what you were saying. I would like to back this whole thing up, though, uh, and start with who would come into your clinic to ask you to do hormone testing? Or they don't ask you, do you do they just present to you what these symptoms are that they're feeling? And then you say, oh, sounds like we should test your hormones. And maybe you can give us an idea of what sort of symptoms those would be. Of course. And that's a really good point that you bring up because the obvious patients that would come in to test hormones are people who are having infertility, people who are having delayed or early puberty, people who are having menopause are the very obvious ones. And I'm referring to the females. <laughs> so yes. men don't realize that they have andropause too. So, so sometimes... The, the patients are obvious, such as those, and sometimes the patient doesn't recognize that this package of symptoms is hormonal, and they'll come in with a collection of symptoms, and they'll say, I don't feel well, but my medical doctor said I was fine because all the blood tests came back normal. 
And though those symptoms could be just symptoms of unwellness. So it could be brain fog and tired, hair loss, weight gain, PMS, just, just generally not feeling well. And uh, hot flashes, night sweats, vaginal dryness, um, problems in the bedroom, all those kind of things. So, so sometimes the patient doesn't recognize that this sounds like low progesterone, this sounds like low testosterone. And so it's about 50-50 in terms of who I test. Okay, and so you said we look at the blood work, you look at basal body temperature and the saliva. Mm -hmm. And then when you get those results back, as you were saying, I did understand that there could be the blood may show that you've got a good amount of estrogen. However, when you dig deeper, you realize that, yeah, the numbers are there, but then those hormones are not doing their job. Correct. Okay. Correct. Where do we go from there? Well, I just want to add to the list because okay. there are other ways to measure hormones oh, too. <laughs> sure. Okay. Let's move yeah. on. Yeah. So, so usually if I order hormone testing that goes beyond what the medical doctor did, it'll be the saliva hormone test, but they can also be measured through urine and the urine hormone tests tend to be the end of the road in science. The very fancy ones that measure also hormone quality, like six different versions of estrogen. So those are the most high-tech type of tests in the private labs. And those are usually ordered by me for the patients who have more serious conditions, like the hormone-sensitive breast cancers or prostate cancer or prevention. Yeah. So you may Great. not have symptoms if you have bad quality estrogen and you're younger than 40. You may not have any symptoms, but when we do the test, we could find that the hormones are not as balanced or high enough quality that we would want for proper optimum health. And also for a hormone called cortisol, which is... Yes. Yeah. <laughs> You're a lot about that one. Why do we laugh? <laughs> I know. It's no. not funny. <laughs> it's not funny. Cortisol is the hormone that we produce in excessive amounts when we're under stress or chronic pain. And it causes a lot of damage of every kind in the body. It's connected to things like heart attacks. High cortisol for a long enough period greatly increases your risk of heart attack. So cortisol can be measured in blood work, but it's almost overly sensitive in blood work. It can be measured in saliva. And in the case of cortisol, it's done four times in one day to see the cortisol curve. Oh. Do you have the right amount at the right time on the clock? But it can also be measured through hair. So hair analysis, we can do a cortisol reading. And that, if we send in the length of hair that is a two to three month range of growth, then it averages how your cortisol is as a lifestyle over the last two to three months. When you're eating like this, sleeping like this, exercising like this, the end product of that lifestyle is good or not good cortisol levels. So there's different tests for different reasons. And, um, and it's, uh, that's where the art of medicine comes in, picking the right test for the right patient. Yeah. You don't need and all at of the right the time. And at the right time. Thank you. So yeah. for instance, with females, if I'm checking hormones, you don't collect the saliva on any old day. If you are menstruating, you collect it at a specific three-day range of the menstrual cycle. Like oh about my. A week. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, so, and, and for the basal body temperature, we do the temperatures during the period. Okay. So for men and postmenopausal women and children, that doesn't matter. But with menstruating women, the whole hormone orchestra is riding the wave like a roller coaster, and you have to check at the right time. Now, when it comes to testing, does it matter how old you are when you do the tests? Like, should we be doing it before menopause, after, during? Like, what do you suggest? Fabulous question, because for women in particular, different body parts make the hormones at different ages in your life. So if you are testing under age 35, the hormones that you're measuring are primarily made in your ovaries because your ovaries are in their prime. They're producing about 80% of all the hormones um, that we're talking about, estrogen, progesterone, testosterone. And when you pass age 35, your ovaries pass their prime and they start to slow down until they run out of eggs and that's called menopause. So from menopause thereafter, the ovaries have retired. They're not making hormones anymore. They've done their job in life and they retire. But the brain noticed all along, and as the ovaries were slowing down, there was more demand for hormone production at the plan B location, which is the adrenal glands. So at a younger age, the adrenal glands contribute to hormone production, but they're not the main organ. Versus after menopause, primarily the hormones are made in the adrenal glands. So if you test the hormones before men well before menopause, it's more a reflection of ovary function. If you test the hormones well after menopause, it's more a reflection of adrenal function. So there's a secret hiding in there that is basically telling women to increase their stress management as they go through life. And that if when menopause comes, you're not stressed out or burned off, your period will simply stop and there's nothing else to say. Mm-hmm. But if your ovaries retire and you're burned out and stressed out, now you've got plan A, ovaries retiring. Plan B, adrenal glands are supposed to pick up the slack, but they're exhausted. Now nobody's making hormones. The joke is there's a plan C. Okay. So those are our <laughs> lovely fat cells. So if you're in menopause and burned out, you will gain excessive amounts of fat because that's how the body's scrambling to try and collect fat because that's what hormones are made of. But the fat cells are not very good at converting it into hormones. That's it. That's it. (laughs) That's it. To a degree. You've answered my question. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Now it is appropriate to gain a small amount of body fat because of menopause so five to ten pounds so the amount of body fat that a healthy 20 year old has is defined as kind of like 20 percent but after age 55 healthy female is defined as 30 percent body fat now we don't like how it looks but this is simply how the body functions okay someone's got to make the hormones right Yeah. Yeah. And the other point I wanted to make for all of the above tests is my normal doesn't have to be your normal. Right. Exactly. And when I when I read somebody's blood work that was done before I met them, I look at that and I'm looking for the gray area. And sometimes also when I add a saliva test to the blood test, people will fall into what I call the blind spot. 
So every human is so individual, physically and chemically. So I'm looking at Donna right now. We're both mm -hmm. human. We're both females. We both have hair and two eyes and a nose and a mouth. And we look radically different. And yeah. so, so the same is true for our chemistry. And the labs do their best. And for instance, they might say, me and Donna are the same age. And how much testosterone should a woman of our age have? And the lab will say something like five to 50. So is it five or is it 50? So mathematically, statistically, the majority of women feel their best and function and have no symptoms right in between those two numbers. But there are some women that feel their best on the low end. And some people, some women that need the full 50. So a lot of the times, not a lot of the times, maybe about one third of the time, I will find that even the saliva test looks normal. And then you have to combine the symptoms and look at this hormones in the higher range, in the 50th percentile, in the 80th percentile, in the 20th percentile. And we balance the ratios. So for every estrogen, you have to have this many progesterones. And looking at them individually, they're in that normal range. But comparing the hormones with each other, you'll see these gray areas of imbalance. So it can be tricky and yeah. complicated and highly individualized to really balance a person's hormones. And, and I think orchestra is really the best word for it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. And lots of moving parts and lots different, of different instruments. <laughs> if we're going to do the, use the orchestra analogy. Um, okay, so the next question I have might be a whole other episode, and that is, what do you do with this information once you get it? <laughs> and, and also, as a naturopath, it doesn't even stop there. So sometimes, like when I'm talking about thyroid hormones, I'm looking at the whole assembly line. Did the brain talk nice to the thyroid asking for hormones? Did the thyroid respond and say, here you go, have some T4? Did your liver take the T4 and turn it on? And now in, convert it into T3. And then you can have what's called hormone resistance. And when the hormone comes to its end destination to do its job, what if the parking spot's not empty and you made the hormone, you made enough of it and it's good quality, and then there's an obstacle to your body responding to the hormone. And a lot of toxins will interfere with hormone performance. So all of these tests and labs are about measuring, do you have enough hormone in the right body fluid? But it's not even a reflection of, does the hormone perform well? You no, know, like you said, there's a lot going on there. Yeah. So what is T4 and T3? And what do hormones actually do? So a hormone is made in one body part to yeah. travel somewhere else and send a message to do a job somewhere else. And thyroid hormone, as an example, talks to every tissue in the body. So if your wow. thyroid's low, your whole body, partially or fully, could be low. 
you could have a low depressive mood, you could have low energy, you could have low metabolism, low production of digestive enzymes. So it'll affect each person differently based mm -hmm. on your strengths and weaknesses, but it does affect the whole body. And going back to the original question about T4 and T3, so the brain makes a hormone called TSH, okay, thyroid stimulating hormone, and it's made in the pituitary gland to show up at the thyroid to request the production of T4. T4 is the raw material thyroid hormone that is produced in the thyroid gland, but it's also turned off until primarily in the liver, but also somewhat in the gut, till T4 is turned on and converted into T3. Okay. And T3 is the active thyroid hormone. There's another monkey in the middle. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> if you're under high stress, you can also make what's called reverse T3. So right hand does not fit in left glove. Okay. And, and the deeper I go into this conversation, the less likely that test was on your physical exam. So, yes. So it's very yeah. common in our neighborhood that when I see a copy of the blood work that came with the physical exam, TSH is there. I call TSH the cheap shortcut. Okay. Yes. <laughs> right? Because yeah. we have to balance, you know, the healthcare budget and everything into these decisions. Yeah. But it's only representing is the brain asking for the hormones. Oh, my. Is that yeah. message too loud? Is the brain screaming? Is the brain holding back? Or how's the message from above? And usually that's where the blood work ends. But people, patients are less likely to have T4, T3. Almost never do I see reverse T3 on um, a blood test. Yeah, on the lab report, right? Yeah. Right. Oh, that's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yeah, where do we go from here? Do we talk about what you do for that therapy or do we talk about that in a part two? Because it seems like... I think part two. Lots. Part okay. two. For, for me, yeah. it's a daily conversation. It's like, you know, a very familiar topic to me. But I'm expecting that this might be a little bit heavy for the typical listener. So I would recommend that we let them just digest this and... And hopefully I've shown that you need some professional guidance to choose the right test. And you can't just call up a lab and get any test you want anyway, thankfully, because people would be wasting their money picking the wrong test. So, so do go see your local naturopath to help you access the right test at a private lab. If you're falling through the cracks, if you know that you didn't used to feel like this, and your traditional blood work is normal, it doesn't end there. Okay, well, you just answered the question that I was going to ask, and that is, what does one do? So step one, go see your local naturopath and talk about hormone testing and uh, and go from there. Definitely, right? yes. definitely. Okay, all right. Well, if you have any questions, please send them along. Dr. Gustin would be happy to answer them. And... Uh, Hope you have a lot to think about. <laughs> Thank you for listening. I hope I didn't confuse you, but hormones can be a complicated conversation. Yes. So we will have more on that next time. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Bye. Bye.